0: Want to see something really scary? You bet. Music, horror, art, politics,
1: and overall badass movies. Welcome to
0: Kettle Whistle Radio. For real. On Society 13 Networks.
2: Hello, my fiends. Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio. Already into February of 2016, I can't believe it You're listening to the sounds Well, actually, you're going to be hearing Bloody Mary By the uh, famous Monsters, Sean Salt Her um, surf rock um, gig that she did in the early 2000s And she has a new thing happening right now uh, She talked about it on the show here You can go back a few episodes, look up the Sean Salt episode It was a great one uh, One of my idols her new band rock city morgue you can look that up you can listen to i think all their songs are on there you just look, look up rock city morgue it all came up for me uh, but she also is involved and she talked about a little bit is her website usultdesigns.com her last name y-s-e-u-l-t a little tricky but not really if you're a fan usultdesigns.com kind of neat but she's a busy girl and um so if you listen to Famous Monsters right now, this is the song in the background you hear. But Bloody Mary coming up later. But right now, we're gonna get into this with my new friend Paul Nandzik. um, producer, writer. I said director, he didn't he didn't really tell me he wasn't directing, but um, he's a very hands-on guy. So I don't doubt that he's also directing this web series called Forever Young, starring Ruthie Stapleton, who you will fall in love with immediately. And, uh, he's trying to get, I think, they're having some luck in distributors for a major streaming. And it's worth it. It's funny. It's a comedy horror web series about a gothic vampire, Victoria. And, uh, the first episode I believe is up. And, uh, it's not, it was I, I got to see a rough cut and then I got to see a, a better cut of it with added music and footage. And it's just fun. What a good time. And now you're about to meet my friend Paul Ned Zig. Mr. Nanzig, are you there? He's calling in right now, folks. We have a newcomer to Kettle Whistle Radio. Mr. Paul Nanzig, or Nanzig, <laughs> we just had this conversation. He's been called many things. How do you like to pronounce your name? Nanzig. Nanzig, okay. Yeah, thank All you. right, absolutely. Uh, now, writer, director, you're a man of many titles here. Uh, we were up late last night discussing this. Uh, how, how do you like to refer to yourself?
0: You know, my my primary background is as a writer. Um, I got my degree in English, and uh, you know, I used to write for a newspaper and a magazine, and um, you know, that that more traditional uh, line of writing. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah. If I had to choose just one title, it'd probably be writer. But uh, I think I've I've started to make a name for myself as a producer, uh, and I owe that in large part, mm, kind of ironically,
2: well, God or bless at least me.
0: unexpectedly, to. Um, working as an, an administrative assistant.
2: That's a uh, production, man. I, I've seen what goes into that, and I do not envy you. Um, <laughs> now, how we met, it, it, you, we referred you referred by a friend, mm-hmm. and we're talking forever young. Yes. All right. Well, if you want to give them a real quick synopsis, uh, I'll get into the, the other deets here. Um, uh, but first of all, now, you are a Pittsburgh transplant. Where, where did you come? I am, too. I'm from Long Island originally.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm from central New York. So I'm, um, if you're familiar with Utica or yeah. Syracuse, that oh, general area.
2: Absolutely. Had a great time in Syracuse not too long ago, actually. My buddy Jeff Meyer uh, runs the, uh, there's a, a great theater there. And um, they had this uh, uh, Friday the 13th weekend, which was really cool. And I got to go out there and bring my books and wares and such. And we had I had a really good time with my friends Salon and Garris. Uh, do you know the theater I'm talking about? Um, I, I'm trying to remember the name of it, and Jeff's going to kill me. It's <laughs> downtown, gro- across from a great bookstore, and just a great place for horror. Really?
0: No, I don't know that one.
2: Uh, I can't think of the name of it. Oh God, he's going to kill me. That means I have to bring him back on. Anyway, <laughs> back to you now. Forever uh, Young. Let's let's hear the synopsis on this. This is a web series.
0: So it's. When I first wrote it, I thought, yeah, it'll be it'll be a web series, and then it'll catch on, and then we'll you know we'll take it to the next level from there. Um, but pretty pretty early on, I realized, you know, why why go through the middleman? Why not just shoot straight for the stars? If mm-hmm. I hit the roof, then you know that's something. Um, so basically, we're we're going to try to uh, pitch this as a uh, a series like a Netflix original, mm-hmm. or uh, barring that, you know, pick it up on a network.
2: All right, and the uh, synopsis. Now you you do refer to Buffy a little bit in when you sent me the package there, where mm-hmm. I see it's kind of just the opposite. It's it's actually I honestly so for me a lot cooler. Um, but how do you how do you feel this this show differs from Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Because I, I I can see it. I think it's a lot funnier. And I only saw one episode, so
0: it's it's a lot more satirical than Buffy was. I mean Buffy. Uh, Buffy and Forever Young both have uh, social commentary to make, and I think that that's an important element in any story, even if it's just a small sliver of it. Um, with, with Buffy, that was more – the social commentary came first, and then the satire came after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that I structured it, it's the opposite with Forever Young.
2: Absolutely, yeah.
0: Um, and it's also from kind of the opposite perspective, where – you know, in Buffy, you're following Buffy, who is a vampire slayer. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Forever Young, you're following Victoria DeBord, who is a vampire.
2: I love her; she is fantastic. <laughs> you fall in love with her within, I don't know, the first five seconds. Um, she's she's great, um, and yeah, I, I already like her better than Buffy. Uh, and her, her keeper's name there, her uh, her, her buddy. Uh, what's his
0: name? Oh, geez. So he actually he doesn't have a name proper just yet. Okay. Right now, he's he's just ghoul servant because he's. He's under her. He's hilarious.
2: (laughs) Where'd you find these two people?
0: So, uh, so Victoria's played by Ruthie Stapleton, who's amazing. And, um, I, I was introduced to her through, um, David Ogrodowski, who's playing, uh, Ghoul's servant. So we just, I, I throw parties every once in a while and, uh, thought, hey, you know, this would be a good opportunity to meet someone who David recommended. Mm -hmm. So I invited her over and, you know, we got to talking and, yeah. You know one thing led to another, and eventually she landed in the role
2: and she's perfect. I mean, she's that that crazy Goth girl that we all fell in love with um <laughs> and shouldn't have
0: <laughs> yeah she's she's definitely troubled, yeah,
2: oh, I like it though, but I, I I think it's hysterical that she's intimidated. I, I should let you tell a story, but she's intimidated by going back to high school. Of all things. She's already conquered the world, but <laughs> I can't even say it without laughing. I mean, I, I watched this. It was late last night. You had some kind of meeting going on. It was like two in the morning. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta watch this. And you, it was a rough cut, like you said. Yeah. Um, and it's still, you know, I kept me, uh, kept me watching. I'm like, I really gotta go to bed. I really gotta, oh, I can't stop watching. <laughs> this is funny. But Thank now, you. Give it, give yeah. them, a, give them a little bit of a synopsis on the show, you know, wh- what you're going for.
0: Sure, sure. So, uh... The concept of the show came along because um, I had some some people once upon a time who were very very into vampires, and I like vampires, I like supernatural, but you know I, I can only take so much of it. Um, and in particular, they showed me a show where like it was just another another one of those tropes where you know ancient vampire enrolls in high school. It's just like why, why, and it really bothered me throughout the whole thing. Um, and I had to put some sort of logic to it, and the only thing I could come up with reasonably was. You know, the vampire was so old, they'd never been to high school. So it was a novelty <laughs> to
2: them. Yeah, a new intimidation factor.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, what I think is really interesting is uh, kids are kids are cruel, right? Oh, yeah. That's, that's a, a known thing. Uh, and part of that cruelty is because they're separate from the world in a way, right? Like, you can have a four-year-old meet the president and be like oh you smell like farts and (laughs) they don't know any better they're just saying whatever because they don't see status they don't care Mm -hmm. unless your mom or dad maybe
2: they have no filter
0: exactly so so my idea was that well you know if if she's going back to high school uh, high schoolers kind of are pretty irreverent so yeah i could see i could see that being a whole new battleground for her
2: (laughs) yeah definitely um uh, yeah, the, actually, the whole cast is pretty cool. Now, I want to ask you too. Um, as far as um, her 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 last name
0: um, mm-hmm. is that is that symbolic? It is actually. Um, yeah, so I, I was doing a little bit of research, and um, I, I like to have all my names have meaning as much as possible. I agree. Um, so for her first name, Victoria, you know, it's kind of a. Uh, an idiom of Victor, or it's a variation of it, mm-hmm. because she's victorious. Um, and then Debord is uh, French for the first. Oh, okay. And I was kind of playing around with that a little bit, how how I wanted to take that, and I'm kind of okay with it being ambiguous and having multiple potential meanings anyway. So I won't settle on just one for the time being, anyway. Um, but in Buffy, you know, there was the first, who is you know this great evil. Um, in the original Bram Stoker Dracula, there, uh, I believe one of his concubines, who's never actually stated as a con- concubine for the record, mm-hmm. um, was referred to as the first. So it'd be interesting if she used to be associated with Dracula. Um, I also thought it would be interesting if she created Dracula, like she's she's actually the first vampire. Why not? Right? I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, it's a at the time of, uh, I'm not sure if, if Dracula is actually supposed to be the first or not, but certainly he's supposed to be one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful. Right.
2: But, yeah, I read yeah. that book. Oh god, it's one of my favorite books. And uh, I, when I wrote my first one, I did it in the same journal. Um, well, the idea of just a collection of journals because I thought it was <clears> such a neat idea to put the puzzle together type of thing. But yeah, I, I when I, I I wrote something when I was in the 90s, still like uh, well in, the, in my 20s. Um, I came up with the idea of, well, why, why, why not have Dracula not be the first one? There were several Pry And Rice played with that world. You know, why can't I? And some dude came up to me, like, after he raised, like, y- you have to know that Dracula was the first. You can't, like, recreate that. I'm, I'm like, you're that limited? Really? Yeah, it, it was so annoying to me. And that's what made me keep wanna, wanting to follow that topic. But yeah, I'm sure you've met many, um, well, Adversities when you're writing things and people come up to you and criticize what you're doing
0: they yeah it, you, you can't you certainly can't please everybody no. Um, no. for for my part as as a writer, I do my best to just kind of be well researched and be well educated on on the subject matter as much as possible um, but yeah, yeah. That'll happen.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, h- how many episodes do you think they're going to be? And um, you said it's going to be mostly streaming. But how many episodes do you think they're – you said – I think you mentioned – did you say five to me originally? Or
0: So I've got five outlined right now um, just because I'm, you know, I'm the post-production supervisor. So I'm in the mix with the editing and uh, some of the other logistics behind the scenes. Uh, so I haven't been able to focus on it quite as much as I would have liked, but I've got I've got about five episodes outlined, okay, um, and a ton of notes. And I'm I'm thinking for the first season I'd like to do twelve episodes total.
2: It's a good number. Yeah, these days, uh, that's a Netflix number. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> um, well, well, that's what we're aiming for a little bit.
2: So now, where does Victoria come from? Is this somebody that you knew in a past life? As far as the character, yeah,
0: um. You know, it's, it's a little bit myself, uh, in the sense that I've been, I've been described multiple times as being overly ambitious, which is kind of a strange thing. Um, and actually even on set, uh, some of the people who I've worked with before, um, came with me and said, you know, Paul, you're, you're ambitious, but for you, even this is ambitious. So (laughs) I have a reputation for that. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting to have have a character i just kind of so i sorry i'm stumbling around a little bit that's all
2: right it's early and we were
0: up late we were (laughs) always happens here so i i like i like history and i think i think it's fascinating to see some some of the personalities so kind of around that time period i was watching uh, a couple different documentaries and you know shows dealing with history and um the idea just kind of occurred to me that like, you know what, there's like when I was growing up, I was pretty much told that, you know, you either have brains or you have brawn, like you can't have both. Mm. But then some people have neither and some people do have both. Right. So um, just kind of exploring that makes a little bit um, it, the I don't remember the guy's name, um, but he was a I saw a special on a Nazi uh, physician a oh, free, you know, mad scientist kind of guy. And he did all these, you know, man- horrible, that- horrible. Mangalore. Things.
2: Mangalore? Dr. Mangalore? Maybe.
0: Maybe. It was on the um, uh Nazi Headhunters show, I okay. think. Okay. Something like that. It was on Netflix. But um, but yeah, just, just to see that he was so so intelligent, I mean perverse and, and cruel and sadistic, but still intelligent. Um and also, like he was a huge fan of hockey, and he was very physical. Um, and one, like one of my favorite authors, uh, Robert E. Howard, you know, he was a boxer, but he was also an intellectual and a writer, and very much self-made in, in both respects. Mm. So it's just kind of interesting to to see that dynamic and how how that dynamic plays out.
2: Yeah, the dichotomy of the human being—you know, you could love him and hate him at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, it is very frightening to think. And, well, yeah, that's how... And Victoria's evil, but here we are falling in love with her while we're watching the thing. You know, so that's... Yeah, you've accomplished it already. Let's see where it goes. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. Got to pay the bills. And we're <coughs> going to get right back with Paul Nanz- Nandzig. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sounds good.
2: Not my fault. You said everybody does that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be right back, folks.
1: I'm not afraid of the dark, but you should be there are things that dwell here in the dark things best left to see with the initial smoke cleared from the fall of tomorrow the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark eleven stories all bits of the same mysterious puzzle Fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor, get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark, if you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Still here? Okay. Let's play a game. Right. Right. I mean, much right. when hot. Ah. What's your poison, vampire girl? Bloody, Bloody me.
2: with writer Paul Nanzig. Nanzig. <laughs> I just like saying your name. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, we're back and we're talking forever young. And uh, yes, uh, uh, Victoria the Vampire goes back to high school because she wants to conquer the one thing she didn't conquer. Um, I got to ask you, Paul, uh, did you have a bad high school experience?
0: I did. I did. <laughs> um, I mean, I did not I didn't. It was weird. Uh, it was It was intense. There were, there were intense good times and there were intense bad times. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm certainly drawing on some of uh, high school experience. Um, there's other parts, like folks can see in the trailer and then they'll, they'll see it and then more in the, the episode itself, like slapping things out of people's hands. It's just something that I think is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> just on its own.
2: Well, high school—it's a horrific experience, and we seldom recover from it. Is Victoria going to recover from this, or she can become a worse, a worse vampire?
0: So she—let me. Uh, this may or may not answer your question. Let me know, but mm-hmm. um, she's certainly not going to be looking to discover her humanity or anything like that. She's not okay. looking for redemption. Okay. She's she's mostly looking to entertain herself. So she's not really in a rush to conquer high school per se, because she doesn't know she doesn't know what else is like once she does conquer it, what else is left. Uh so she's gonna she's gonna milk it for all it's worth. Um but yeah, like she's she's going to remain the lovable villain. Okay.
2: And up oh boy, we got a little dose of her powers there. Uh she took somebody out, well sort of. I won't say who or what or, well, definitely won't say how, but it was definitely one of the more horrific uh Scenes I've seen in a long time.
0: <laughs> literally,
2: yeah. Literally took him out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there, there's a lot going on in that scene. Oh, um, yeah. and it was, it was really interesting to, to, to shoot it. Um, so you, in what you, you're getting in the rough cut, there's no visual effects in there. Okay. Um, and it, it's a visual effects heavy scene. <laughs> uh, but we had to shoot, uh, Ruthie and David separately mm-hmm. on green screen, and uh, and then we also have to figure out the their choreography so they're not going over each other. Okay, and then that the all the CGI. Oh, they're not going to be CGI. I'm sorry, uh, stop motion monsters around them um, aren't going to be overly distracting or obscuring and things like that. So it was it was a really interesting. Uh, experience to set up but
2: yeah <laughs> it definitely was I, I i can only imagine what i saw was quite i mean i, I got the gist of it we'll just say that <laughs> um so now what do you want people to get from get out of forever young you want them to just have a good laugh or are you are you going to be giving them some morals here or when they walk away what do you want them talking about
0: i definitely want them to to have a good laugh have a good time uh that's <laughs> That's why we tell stories and we make movies uh, and things like that. You know, we want to entertain people because if you're not entertained, you're not engaged. And if you're not engaged, then nothing else matters.
2: True.
0: Um, what I found in in my other business venture, uh, I have a line of uh, goofy grammar T-shirts very silly. Um, but even if they usually sell well and if they don't, I'm still OK with it because at least people got a laugh out of it. Um, but they're also educational. So, in a similar vein, Forever Young, I'd like it to also be—I don't want to say educational per se, because I think that's um, way too pompous mm. for for what I'm going for. But there are certain things that I do want to put out there, and I do want people to think about. Um, for instance, it's made pretty clear that Victoria is well educated, um, both in traditional and occult matters, and you know, whatever else you can imagine.
2: And she, she's. Uh, um, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: Oh no, that's okay. But she's, in spite of her, her education, her knowledge, she goes to school, to high school, and has a problem because she's not, she doesn't feel like she's being treated like she has any value. So the the way that the education system works, and this is probably not the best um, uh, explanation of it, but the way that the the with the advent of standardized testing and things like that, it's not necessarily challenging people because it's not about education. It's about a quota hmm. and, and an arbitrary standard.
2: Yeah, I've, witnessed so I, for, it. I've, I've for, bared witness to that.
0: Right. And I mean, in my personal experience, I was um, kind of at best a C student in school. But I... I've gone on, I've taught myself and I've learned by studying other people, um, a whole wealth of, uh, skills and information and things like that. So I, I, think that, you know, just because you get an A doesn't mean you're smart and just because you get a D doesn't mean you're dumb. So I, would like people to, to think about that sort of stuff. Um, and certainly there's, you know, a whole social hierarchy to be dissected in, in any high school, um, setting. Absolutely.
2: Is there ever? That's where. That's the beginning, <laughs> the beginning. The workplace just continues that mm-hmm. over and over. Um, now Victoria is out during the day. I have no problem with that. You know the whole vampire lore. You know, is it because she has conquered Venus, Mars, and everything else, and she's just bored? But is she that powerful that she can be out during the day?
0: Right. So that's that's a good question. Um, and the lack of visual effects is part of what what the problem is there. The, um, in the scene where she steps outside, you may have noticed that she kind of looks at her shoulder. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So she actually, she catches flame for a minute. It's going to be a CGI flame.
2: Oh, cool. And she blows. So it you out. do touch on that. That's good.
0: Mm-hmm. And she, the, the, she wears a pair of rings, one on each hand and there, uh, uh, the attention to detail is probably extraneous. <laughs> <laughs> But um, one of the rings, uh, the, both rings have uh, two stones in them each, uh, a moonstone and a sunstone. Uh, on one hand, the, the moonstone is bigger, and on the other hand, the sunstone is bigger. Mm. But basically, because she went and she conquered, um, just a little bit of backstory that isn't overtly addressed mm. uh, in the, the episode, but basically she when she goes to the moon uh, to conquer it, she acquires these materials and is able to construct basically like a force field generator that filters out the the harmful rays of the sun
2: that's a cool idea that's cool uh, good explanation too because uh, I mean, a lot of times it just isn't explained and you know people kind of like lose interest like wait a 2nd um, i'm uh, you know and i'm talking about people that you know just believe that dracula was the only vampire like there's all these rules you got to abide by and they never adapt to anything else Meanwhile, Anne Rice, like I said, played with every possibility. And what I didn't like about Anne Rice, and I read almost all the vampire uh, books, is that her vampires don't have sex. They don't enjoy the finer things of life. Um, It seems like Victoria is going to relish in those things.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I always thought it was interesting um, that the undead should not have, and and some would say gods too, depending on the stories and interpretations, but at least the undead don't they lose their ability to to taste and feel pleasure and, you know, they're just kind of a thing that goes around. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Victoria, the way that she works, it's more like, more like Sherlock Holmes actually, where, you know, when she doesn't have a challenge going on, she's just in in the throes of melancholy. And when she does have a challenge, she's just super focused and (laughs) uh, on board and just loving every moment of it. Whether it's, you know, harming her or not.
2: Definitely see that in Miss Stapleton's eyes there when they just, like, widen. (laughs) It's amazing. And she's a really good actress. Um, Because it's Kettle Whistle Radio, we talk music. What kind of music Mm -hmm. are you going to be playing uh, in the background or anything in the soundtrack?
0: Yeah. So, musically, I'm – that's one of my my weaker skill sets, actually. It's something I've been working on the past year and a half or so. But – I know. I know we're going to do uh, like a goofy kind of elevator-ish music in um, in the S mart scene. Which you know, S mart it's a throwback to uh, or homage to uh, Evil Dead and Army of Darkness. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and I mean, especially you know, the juxtaposition with everything that's going on in that scene—that's zany and wacky anyway. I think that'll just kind of be the clincher for it. Um, otherwise, I think we're going to go for more. Uh, atmospheric, moody music for, you know, court, kind of uh, orchestral for the scenes where we're in um, Victoria's Throne Room.
2: Oh, yes. I, I like that set you got going on there, too. It's pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it reminded me oh, God, I'm, I'm thinking of, like, uh, uh, Dr. Faust. Uh, I'm trying to think. There's another movie where it, it just re- totally reminded me of something I saw in the 80s, and I loved it. It was, like, a really cool throwback to a creepy... uh I can't think of it now. I'll, I'll email you when I do. Okay, but yeah, it's good stuff, and I, I enjoy I enjoyed those scenes. Actually, they, I think they made me laugh the most. Um, let's just talk about uh, the. Well, let's not talk about the Kleenex and the uh, hand, the hand lotion. And the lotion, yeah, yeah. When he gets up from his, her throne, like, oh boy, okay. Well, she was she was a little late to that party, apparently. Um, but going, are you going to be going back into um, Victoria's history again to see where this angst comes from?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I, I plan on... um One of the things I did with... Uh, kind of a, a side note. One of the things I did with uh the pilot, anyway, that I may or may not continue with additional episodes is I tried to throw in as many testicle jokes as I could.
2: <laughs> yeah, kind of went along with the theme. Um yeah. Uh, But yeah, we're, we'll
0: definitely... <laughs> I,
2: I'm trying not to give away that scene. I really am. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that, that, that's a little bit of a spoiler, but yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. There's something, I mean, it's completely juvenile, but uh, but I feel like, you know, poop and fart jokes uh, and dick jokes and all that sort of stuff, that's just been around since the dawn of time, dawn of humanity.
2: Well, I got to tell you, you remind me of somebody I had on not too long ago. I was very proud to have on. You're familiar with the director, George Lynch? George Lynch. Joe Lynch. Jo- George Lynch plays guitar. Joe <laughs> Lynch, uh Chillorama uh-huh. Do you remember that one?
0: I, I man, just scraps, just it, scraps. It's a
2: great revisit. He's he's breaking through right now with a movie called Everly um, with Salma Hayek in it. Uh, I, I definitely recommend you watching that one. But Chillerama, um, just hearing you talk, you guys are like kindred spirits, a, a very similar thing going on. You, you almost sound the same, and he also was from New York. Um, yeah, yeah. Very, very interesting stuff. So I, I, I think uh, that's something you should... I would love to introduce you guys, although maybe you both just disappear. I don't know. But um, so, All right, so when you get into your... What's the second episode going to be like after that first one? Where, where are you going with that? Into the history or moving
0: forward? Moving forward. Um, yeah, I, I'd like to... I don't want to go too backwards too early, if you will, you know, with the flashbacks. Exactly, yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind having having some um, little flashbacks here and there. Like, I'd like to, this is maybe not exactly the same thing, but kind of. um, I'd like to have one episode that just kind of um, heavily, heavily features on Victoria. um, Which seems kind of obvious, she's the lead. Mm -hmm. Um, But just that she's, she's so accomplished, she's so intelligent, and she kind of has, in a way, maybe ADD. So to kind of see these flashes of, um, like, if you think of the brain as, like, a computer, you know, having uh, a browser open, she has, like, 8 to 12 tabs open at minimum, you know, at any given time.
2: I I relate to that. That's me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, it would be cool just for someone to... uh, And, of course, I was doing uh, research on uh, fractal memory um, structuring and things like that um, because I was watching the documentary on... um, Alan Moore but anyhow (laughs) (laughs) so like just just for someone to say you know like just shows a a scene of her having dialogue someone says like one or two words and that triggers something in her because it means something to her because she has this lengthy history and she has this deep wealth of knowledge Um, and just kind of see where where just like one or two words where that all leads to and then she comes back to reality and you know very little time has passed if any
2: very cool. Um, and now you said, Victoria, there's a little bit of you in there. Are any of these other characters coming from real people you know?
0: A little bit. A little bit. Um, oh, there's a lot of amalgamation. I mean, As a writer, as I'm sure you can, you can attest to. As, uh, I
2: love any, that word. I use that word all the time.
0: <laughs> uh, any character that you write, any situation that you write, you're drawing on yourself. You're drawing on your own personal experiences. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, certainly every, every character in there is, uh, very much, very much me. Um, ghoul servant is, he, his relationship with Victoria is representative of an unhealthy relationship I used to have, um, with a lady friend Mm. and that he's, he's willing to do anything and be taken advantage of and yet begrudging about it, but also happy about it. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a really interesting mix. And I think a lot of people can probably relate to that, mm-hmm. but it also plays very well into the, the mythology of it, you know, where, a a, a vampire takes on, yeah. you know, creates a ghoul, which becomes their servant. Yep. And they don't, you know, they're, they're compelled to be the servant. They don't necessarily want to be,
2: but he also uh, seems to find a way to pleasure
0: himself. Exactly. You know, there's, there's always loopholes. So, so yeah, and there's certainly other people from, uh from high school and college who uh who i've drawn on you know for for experience and inspiration
2: well i gotta tell you folks forever young i was totally entertained and all i saw was the rough cut i can't wait to see when it's complete um this is the part of the show paul where you need to tell people how to find you and support you and forever young
0: absolutely yeah we have um no shortage of social media we are on facebook uh we're a little bit difficult to find there because there's a lot of, uh, Forever Young stuff, mm. uh, different, different titles and whatnot. But if you search for Forever Young Show, or if you just put in Facebook.com slash Forever Young Show, uh, that'll bring you right to the page. We're doing updates there as much as we can. And, uh, we also have a website, uh, ForeverYoungShow.com, uh, which is still under development, but, uh, looking good. And otherwise, uh, it, People can, can get in touch and find us through uh, my production company, uh, Openny Pictures, which is um, the production company that this was produced under, uh, and that is opennypictures.com. And we also have a Facebook page, too, and that's way easier to find.
2: <laughs> okay, I, I, You didn't say Twitter, though, did you?
0: I did not. We do actually have, I, I'm sorry, i I personally am not into twitter i have a lot of difficulty with it so i have someone else handling it so i always forget about it mm-hmm. um but we do have uh an opening pictures twitter account uh, i also have a personal uh, twitter account at nanzic which is uh you can totally follow me and i'll follow you back but uh, i'm generally not too active on it
2: well um
0: do you have any relationship
2: with carrie Schoberg?
0: Yeah, I do,
2: actually. She's been on the show. <laughs> oh, awesome. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, um, uh, she casted me in her movie, The Chop, with, uh, you know, Jack Davis, um, directing oh, yeah. it. Yeah, he's directing The Chop. I'm actually, yeah, I'm, I get to be a thug in that, that film. And, um, I, it comes out this year. I, so, you know, Carrie, that's awesome. She's, yeah, she was in here t- uh, talking about that, and, um, actually, I have to have them back on pretty soon. And, uh, oh, God, what were we talking about? Femme fatales in, in in film. We had her, Christine Starkey, um we uh, do you know christine starkey um i've never
0: met her but i'm connected with her on on facebook yeah, yeah.
2: very active she's a great actress but carrie is, she's fantastic too i can't believe you know her so um, yeah I, actually
0: i was um i stunt doubled for dozer in the Chop. no way yeah. so we
2: probably weren't in the same set um they, we were filming in an apartment there where uh the hero walks in and uh, has a, a little gun play with some thugs. I don't think you were there that day. And if you no, were, I wasn't I, for that one. Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't want to give too much away there. But, um, oh, that's cool. So we're in the same movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, small world. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. That's so funny. <laughs> well, I mean, I, actually, I need to mention a couple of things here myself. I, I'm at fairly dark on Twitter. Uh, you can get all our shows at, um, www.kettlewhistleradio. I'm sorry, I should actually say www.kettlewhistleradio. FairlyDarkProductions.com. All the episodes of Kettle Whistle Radio are there. My books are there. Dwelling in the Dark is doing well right now. I've got more coming out this year. I'll let you know more about it. But right now, things are on hold while this, um, My Uncle John is a Zombie is coming out. That's John Russo's new film. And I got to be in that one, too. Um, that's, that's a, it's a comedy horror based around the Night of the Living Dead world that John Russo created with Romero. But this is just John Russo's project. Have you heard about this one yet?
0: Right. I have actually, yeah, I've uh I've got a couple other people who have been involved in that. I'll uh, bet. I'm trying to think of who though. I'll bet I but met. There, them. there were several, yeah,
2: yeah. We a oh, great time, yeah. The, well, the reason I say uh, my stuff's on hold right now, my the, the producer is Gary Vincent, who um, he's in charge of my, my publishing at BurningBulbPublishing.com. So uh, a few things there I, I just uh, I'm working on should be coming out this year. But mostly, I'm excited about my Uncle John as a zombie and being a part of that, which was. Just so much fun. I can't say anything else more about it, but uh, until they start releasing stuff. But that's so funny. Small world, man. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that we met and uh, we got to do this again.
0: Yeah, definitely. All
2: right. Anything else you want to say in closing?
0: No, I mean, I, I just want to give a big, big shout out. Thank you to all the wonderful cast and crew who, uh, who really, I mean, I, I've been on a lot of film sets and, uh, I've never seen one run as smoothly as this one. That's, which wow. I'd, I'd like to think I can take full credit for, but really it was you know everyone felt inspired and valued, and uh, you know was passionate and excited for the work. So, yeah, that's but great. To thank hear. you to all the cast and crew. <laughs>
2: that's great to hear. That's really it's cool to hear that. That I've noticed that I, I can see the work that goes into these things, and I don't envy the production. I, I really I don't envy the the producers, the the amount of work going into it. I could see the stress, but when you say something like that, it gives me more hope. Awesome. All right, man. Well, thanks again, folks, for listening to pedal, pedal Pedal Whistle Radio. Again, we were up late. I'm changing the name of the show now. Um, all right, so you were listening to Paul Nandzik, okay? And I said it right that time. And um, we're going to be looking forward to Forever Young. And, uh, uh, oh, wait, w- did we talk release date?
0: We did not. Um, yeah, so real quick, the we're, we're still in post-production. Uh, I think the visual of I, well we've been interviewing actually I think I got an email and uh, talking about the visual effects may have been just completed. Wow cool um, which is fantastic. I, I can't wait. And then uh, from there it's you know we're doing the audio remixing and all that and um, and then the musical scoring and then we'll be done. so I'm hoping hoping we can have uh, a premiere in March all right if awesome. not sooner. So
2: we'll have to have you back on. you have to come in the studio this time for sure. All right, folks. Thanks for listening to Kettle Whistle Radio. And, uh, well, again, uh, thanks again, Paul. Uh, you have a good day, and everybody have a good night. And we'll talk to you soon. You'll be hearing more from Paul in the future.
1: Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish Remixes, out now on Electric Cast Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music.